Still talking about the loss of Golden State, but that's okay. We're moving on to the discussion about Jason Tatum and why he needs to play a certain way to be an MVP and the solution to the Celtics against the Warriors. They need to see the time knife. I'm going to explain it all right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network where it is your team every day and I cover the Boston Celtics every day for you here with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to your device, whatever device you use, whatever app you want to use, even on YouTube, it's there for you Monday through Friday. Bonus podcast on the weekend like yesterday after the Warriors beat the Boston Celtics. So thank you for making this show your first listen every day. I'm John Corrales, former professional basketball player. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. We're still not done with that Warriors game. I think there's still a lot of stuff to talk about. And, and I still think that there's this battle between what's the appropriate reaction here. So uh, let's bring in Tom Westerholm to get the underscore reaction for, uh, for this game. Tom, how are you doing, bud? I'm always known for having the correct reaction. I think, I think so. that's... I think that's my thing. A thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's what I've always known you to be appropriate. Uh, Appropriately emotional. reactionary, I think. Yes. <laughs> that's exactly it. That's exactly yeah. it. Uh, and, so, and so the Warriors beat the Celtics. And I think, I think a lot of the reaction, I mentioned this on yesterday's podcast, but I think there is some element of, we on the outside definitely took this as a a mile marker in this season. We saw that Warriors game, and we all sat there and said, "Yeah, baby, we're th- look at this team. Look how good they are. It's gonna feel so good to walk into the Chase Center and just smack those guys around. It was gonna be like this catharsis that the Celtics are gonna walk into San Francisco and be like, okay, boys." time to pay the piper we're gonna lay down the smack down here and uh we're gonna just send you all a little bit of a message and it didn't happen everybody's like oh my god what what <laughs> i don't think it's that bad tom i might posit that maybe it's a good thing that the celtics walked in there and 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 kind of like had to slink out and say okay this there there is still there's more that we can do and also most importantly, if you don't play the way that you normally play, if you try to just, it's like the 300, the movie, if you break that phalanx, you're in trouble. But as long as you stay within that and you just play your game, you'll be fine. I think, I think that's where I, I land. They actually were in a position down eight with six minutes to go and a little bit of execution, a little bit of ball movement, a couple of shots to fall. They would have come out of there with a hard-fought win. So I'm I'm nowhere near as discouraged, I think, as the general population might be. Yeah, I mean, look, I think 
I, I think you can take this. Uh, this is kind of one of those, you, you, you know, Rorschach test type games where you can see what you want to see in it, I think. Um, and I think a lot of people want it. Like, I have had this, this feeling um, just from kind of seeing people's reaction that there is still kind of this, this sense of like, I don't know what to make of this team so far this season. Because obviously, you, you can 21 and six is 21 and six, and 21 and five before last night's game was 21 and five. Like, that, that, there's only so much you can say about that positively or negatively, but almost this sense of like, is this team too good to be true? Right? Like, is this like, like, can we really trust this? Is this kind of the, the inverse of starting 23 and 24 last year where last year's team was not actually that bad. Is this team this good? And I don't think that last night's game actually tells us that one way or the other. And I don't think the Celtics think that either. Um, you know, I, what I do think is that I think the Celtics probably wanted to win that game more than others, right? Like just human nature, right? You want to win that game. You might not fess up to it post game because, you know, you don't want to admit that you wanted to win a game and then you didn't, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just like not something that's super comfortable to talk about. But I do think that like, like the Celtics know very well that there is a lot of season left to go and then a lot of postseason to go. And after the, and like, you know, there's a lot, that still needs to happen and losing to the warriors is not actually sorry my dog is making an appearance in the background is trying to distract <laughs> me here. losing losing to the warriors is not going to like like right now it doesn't actually mean very much at all it just means that there's still this kind of like um almost boogeyman hanging over the celtics mm -hmm. that's that's very natural like like when you think think about lebron james and the celtics right when right he, right right 2008 2010 he couldn't overcome them they were this thing standing in his way and like i mean he was the best player on earth and all this stuff and he just could not beat these old fogies who just would not let him you know like get through to the next round mm -hmm. finally happens and even after even after he breaks through like if you look at think about him and kind of the celtics parallel to the heat where the heat play them really tough even though the celtics just feel like a much more talented team like like that that kind of breaking through that doesn't actually guarantee anything going forward, right? Like the, the Celtics, you know, in 2012, they almost beat LeBron again. Like they were always that really tough test for him, even when he and his teams were clearly more talented. So I just think like when you really look at this team, big picture, and you just kind of like, like, like remember, like, like they broke through last year. And I think that's one of the reasons why they're not going to be like, they're not going to be intimidated by the Pelicans or one of these really good teams that isn't that that hasn't played them in the playoffs. But also, it's it's kind of why like there's a lot of respect for the Warriors. There's a lot of respect for the Heat, and uh, you know I think I think part of that is just like it's almost like a I don't want to call it a Big Brother thing, but like you know like a, like a, like a team that you've had to go through that you've had real battles with and that that you had to overcome. I think you're always going to have that little bit of like. Oh man, these guys, these guys are tough. And then that other team is always going to have that little bit of like, oh, we can play these guys tough. So I don't know. That was a long-winded way of, of me saying <laughs> I, I also am not worried about that at all. I think that look, the Celtics have a lot more work to do. And they know that. And you know, last night's game yeah. was just like, yeah, yeah, they keep working. Like keep it, working. It, it continues. Okay. So you mentioned that this is a this was kind of like a roar a roar saw, roar. Rorschach, Rorschach test. Rorschach, I believe Rorschach, Rorschach, right? Rorschach test. Yes. All right. So then let's uh, let's do one here. What do you see? Sorry, this is gonna have to be a YouTube Ooh, exclusive. Okay. Uh, I'm showing I'm showing Tom uh, Rorschach test 
slides. Tom, what do you see here? Initial look is nothing. <laughs> I just see that that is Jason Tatum forcing it uh, <laughs> when he should have kicked the ball out to a wing player. Dang, uh, you know, when 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 you tell me your perspective, I see it so clearly. But before that, I just couldn't see it. Yeah, I know, I know. It's 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 not a it's not an entire commentary on your intellect, but it, <laughs> it is somewhat. All right, what do you see in this one, Tom? Boy, I I don't know if this makes me a psychopath or something that I just don't see anything in Rorschach tests. Is that really? Is, it, is that possible? I mean, it, it's it's possible. I mean, I see I see the Celtics making poor rim reads. Okay, because I was gonna see I was gonna say like a raccoon pelt. Yeah, it could be a raccoon pelt with like a sword going through it. But I also <laughs> see the Celtics getting to the rim and making poor decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on this yeah. one. Um, okay, let's let's just do one more here. And Tom, what do you see? Okay, so I finally see one. I see the Celtics um, inexplicably going ISO after like like just like playing exclude like so much mismatch ball when um, moving it has really been uh, beneficial for them this season. That's just an inkblot. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm telling you, I'm a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk about the Celtics. I, I think I want to get into the Jason Tatum stuff because really, you go back and you look at what Jason Tatum did. I think there's I I posed the question of playing too hard yesterday. Mm. And I think that's something that um we're trying too hard. And I think that's something that uh maybe maybe we uh have to consider. Hey, today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash lockdown NBA. Today's show is also brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you have a ton of subscriptions that just kind of floating out there. I know that you have just your Hulu, your Disney Plus, your HBO Max. Your there's just one after another after another. I wanted to watch Ink Master, so guess what? I gotta I gotta subscribe to Paramount Plus, and I just don't unsubscribe to things after I'm done with them. That's why Rocket Money can help out with that uh, significantly. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill has all your apps and your subscriptions in one place, cancels the ones that you don't want to. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't even know you were paying for. You may even find out that you're double charged for a subscription. So to cancel, all you have to do is press cancel. Very simple. I wish everything had a a simple button. Oh, cancel, bye, done, goodbye. Rocket Money takes care of everything else. So cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. The unnecessary, useless subscriptions gone. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Make Locked On Sports today your second listen. All the big stories from across the sports world in 22 minutes. And all the Locked On local experts' perspective. Unlike anywhere else, find it where you found this podcast. Tom. The other big story here is really the biggest one, I think, is Jason Tatum. And and a lot of people were saying, oh, he didn't show up for this game. Oh, which I really feel like if that's your default, then you got to watch more closely. Yeah. Because it's not that he didn't show up or he didn't try. I think just like last season, he he tried to do too much by himself. There was one – I highlighted this one play 
on Boston Sports Journal where he drove and had Sam Hauser wide open on the right side in the corner, and he chose not to kick it. And he drove and got too deep and tried to flick this little crazy layup in, and it didn't work. Then, late uh, I don't know if it was a play later, where he had Malcolm Brogdon in the corner. And it's such a great example of he before he got too deep, he kicked it over to Brogdon. Brogdon attacked. Tatum re- relocated into the corner. He got the ball back, attacked, got past the defender, and got a layup. And it's like, oh, when you make the right pass and do the right thing, it's like, hey, Jason, somebody should have been like on the bench with the big, like with the screen, like do this more, do this more, don't do the other stuff more. And I think where I land with Jason Tatum is that he, while he is a legitimate MVP candidate, he still is not Giannis type. I do what I want, when I want, where I want type of guy. He's still not Luca in the sense that I know I'm going to this spot and I'm going to get there. He doesn't do that all the time. He can, but that's not his default. His default is to do this other stuff. And when he does that other stuff, he does not look like an MVP candidate at all. And we start to get the questions of, hey, why isn't Jalen Brown being discussed? Because Jalen Brown now has had three straight 30-plus point games, and his numbers are starting to look really, really close to Jason Tatum's numbers. And, and there's a real kind of discussion to be had. It's like, oh, hey, look, man, Jalen, Jalen's been carrying this team over the past few games. Jason, need just like the rest of the team, play the right way, understand how it is that you in the early part of the season got to the front of the rim and were attacking and stop, stop getting back to the old Tatum where you find yourself in trouble and all you can do is try to use your go-go gadget arms where, you know, it looks like he has two elbows and and try to like flick it up. Like that, that's not going to work. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like, the go-go gadget arms. It was that there was that one play. I, I think it was an offensive rebound where he just like tried to reach around everybody and like yeah. lay it in and just like like no. nah, dude, like just 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 run something, man. Like you guys, you guys get something whenever you try to run something. Um no, and I, I think to your point about you know the the MVP thing, like he he can get there and like be and, and we know that because we've seen him be there like a pretty fair amount. In fact, this is and this is why he's been an MVP candidate this season more than ever this year. Like this has yeah. been his best. He he does it pretty 100%. frequently. <laughs> um, and so you know that, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's it is you know kind of frustrating for you know fans or anybody watching or I'm I mean you know anybody really um again watching him against the Warriors, watching him against you know that especially that second game against the Heat where you just kind of are like this isn't it, man. Like this is just not ah eh, like. You know that you've been doing it so well all season, then this just isn't it. So, um, you know, but I, and I think, look, like he, like Jalen has been really good these last few games, and we've kind of seen where this team, you know, like, like I guess, especially against the Warriors, it's like if Jalen's really good and Tatum isn't good, um, there's there's kind of a ceiling on on where where they go, yeah. and that's and that's one of the reasons again why Tatum at his peak is an MVP candidate because he does carry this team to that level. He does kind of, kind of turn them into, in, into this contender that they're trying to be. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with all of that. I mean, he's last night was like kind of a discouraging game for him in that way. And, and, and really his potential is why I kind of made that LeBron comparison early in the, uh, mm-hmm. early in the episode, because like, like as much as Jalen is included in all of this and the Celtics as a whole have been, you know, trying to come, come up together. Tatum is the guy and like Tatum is the guy who has to overcome some of these things. Tatum is the guy who has to overcome the warriors. Tatum is the guy who has to, you know, who's, who's trying to kind of get to this point where we just haven't quite seen it yet, but we, we keep seeing him get close. And I think that's, um, you know, again, that's, that's one of the things that makes games last like last night, um, a, a, a little discouraging for anybody who, who does think that he, um, is, you know, the MVP or should be the MVP this year. Yeah, I think I, I like the point about like who at their best, what are they? And I think I, I don't want to turn this into a Jalen versus Jason because you need both of these guys to be to be who yes. they are. Yes, totally. Um, like Jason at his best, I think, is like the mover of mountains, right? He yeah. at his best, if he does the things that he's supposed to do. He disrupts everything. He he makes every better, everybody better. What Jalen at his best does, he, he makes the team better in that he's able to carry them, you know, for stretches. He's able to carry them scoring wise. But I, I just don't think that at like you said, at at their best, hundred percent most effective, Jalen can drop 50. No doubt about it. Jalen can drop 50. But Tatum can drop 50 and rebound and block shots and distribute at all that other stuff at just a higher level. So I do get the question of why doesn't Jalen enter into more of the MVP conversation? It's because it's not that Jalen people. I've said this before in the podcast. People turn this into Jalen disrespect. It's not disrespect to say that Jason Tatum is the better overall player, in my opinion. Jalen Brown, if he gets MVP votes, will certainly, like, if you go one through five and you say you put Jalen Brown at, like, four or five, there are going to be a few people who do that. That, I think, is going to be fine. There are going to be people who, like, I think he's an all-NBA player. Which means I think he's one of the top 15 players in the league right now. That's not disrespectful no. to say he's one of the top 15 players in the league. I just think that, like you said, at their best, Jason is better. And if yeah. if Jason if Jason plays to that MVP level, then the Celtics are unstoppable. Because now you you can't there's no way you can stop both of them. And if he's right. playing that way, then then Jalen just gets to live, you know, pretty comfortably uh, in that. But my point, as I started this segment, my point is that Tatum isn't naturally the same kind of MVP candidate that Giannis and Luca and some of these other guys are. Tatum isn't necessarily a force of nature that just walks onto the court and says, okay, there's nothing you can do about this guy. There is something you can do about this guy if he's not playing a certain way. And I think that's what we saw in Golden State. If he's playing a certain way, then there's nothing you can do about this guy. 
Right. He's, he's making the right decisions at the right times. It's just that he has to work a little bit harder and, and make the decision to be that versus some of the other guys who are just naturally that. Doesn't make it, it it's it just it's different. And when he doesn't play like that, when he chooses to say, I'm only doing it this way, or I'm I'm trying to do this too much, then then he becomes at risk of just not being as effective. I'll let you respond to that. I know you got that. I know you got it. I know you oh, oh, I know you want to oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna forget it on purpose. Okay. Well, that that would fit. The game that we're talking about, Tom underscore, never mind. Uh, first, today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. As I've said before, I, I grew up in a small business. I know how hard it is to hire and how important it is to have the right number of people that you can choose from. I've also had to hire people before. So getting that squad, that thing that it's like it's like putting a team together. You, you have 15 slots. You're not going to bring in 15 people. You want 30 people so you can cut them down or 20 people so you can cut it down. That's what LinkedIn Jobs does for you. You, in a few clicks, create your job posting, and then you add your purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. That spreads the word that you're hiring. Very, very simple to do. It's fast. It's free. And with simple tools like screening questions, it makes it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience. Now you're starting to make your cuts. You quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NBA. That's linkedin.com slash NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Tom. Now's your opportunity. I cut you off before because I tell people about LinkedIn. Have you forgotten on purpose? I or, have. Or, I have. I have nothing left to say on this podcast. Right. No, I'm just well, kidding. Just get um, rid of you. Bye. No, all right, Tom. Go ahead, Tom. Um, so I hold absolute power. <laughs> yeah, this is a very authoritarian. Locked on Celtics is, is very pro-authoritarian. I've often said I, that. I mean, I never, I never said it otherwise. I don't know why people assumed anything different. Right, right. Um, no, so I, I think to your point about the other MVP candidates, right? Like it's, uh, I mean, part of the part of the, I think part of it is 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 where their games kind of originated. Like if you look at if you look at Luca, you know, there was always kind of this element of like being a point guard or being a lead ball handler. That was always a big part of who he was. And you look at Giannis. I mean, being gigantic and super physical. I mean, obviously he was never quite this, but just being like overwhelming physically, that was always something that he did and something that, you know, like, like part of who he was. If you look at Tatum and the way he came back, came up, I mean, so much of what he did was predicated on footwork and on like, you know, mid range, you know, jumpers and, and all this stuff that like is a little bit more, um, you know, is a little bit more finesse and is a little bit, it, it just frankly is a little harder to be efficient. And now what we're seeing is him, you know, kind of put all these different elements into his game, right? Where he's now he can, now he can drive and dish. Now he can, um, you know, run all these pick and rolls. Now he can, um, you know, just kind of be the linchpin of an offense and not in the same way that, that his hero was like, not in the same way that Kobe was where, where everything revolved around Kobe and maybe you got some scraps here and there. That's not who Tatum is. That's not how modern basketball is played, really. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're seeing 
Tatum evolve into all of this stuff. And, and, and one of the most impressive things about him, frankly, is that some of it isn't as natural as it was for Luca, yeah. as it might be yeah. for Giannis. He's having to learn all of this. And he is <laughs> and like, you know, I think, you know, by the end of this year, you know, maybe like next year, whatever it is, we're going to start to see him perfect a lot of it. Like just who he is. It's how he is as a player. Like he's that good. Um, but it does come with growing pains and, you know, growing pains don't stop just because you learned one thing. Like you're still going to make mistakes. You're still perfecting stuff. So, um, as he does it, you know, I think, um, you know, we'll, we'll keep seeing these improvements and, and they'll be they'll be interesting to watch. But it does make nights like last night, um, two nights ago when you guys are listening to this, it does make nights like Golden State really interesting because it's a reminder that he's not he's he's an MVP candidate. He's averaging 30 yeah. a game and he's just he's he hasn't reached his full peak right quite yet. Which is why I think the people who are like, oh, he didn't show up. One of my fun, the, the funniest ones is he doesn't show up in big games, which is absolutely one of the most asinine things. Um, as if as if the last last year's playoffs didn't happen and he didn't save the Celtics in game six against Milwaukee. Like, he scored 60 in a play-in game. What are we doing yeah. here? Or 50, 50. He scored 50 in a play-in game. What are we doing yeah. here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's just, look, Tom, there are narratives here. People got to get their cakes off, man. Facts don't matter when the takes are getting off, baby. Uh, it is I, a takes-based economy. We've it is. <laughs> uh, so I, I do think it is actually impressive that Tatum is building himself into into this. It's it it really is like if you were like like a NASCAR race or or some kind of car race, and these cars come off the production line as Luca and Giannis, they come off the production line as these race cars. And Tatum is this car that, like, is being built from, you know, great, great parts. But it's still, you're still taking the, what was, like, a really good car, and you're turning it into a race level. You're adding things to the car to make it that car that can win a race against these other guys who just have these natural types of, of gifts and these natural types of abilities and mentalities. It really is impressive to see where he's been and where he came from. And a lot of people always knew that he had the potential. That's why Danny Ainge was going to make him a number one pick. It's yeah. not like we're talking about a second round pick. He's always had this potential. It just wasn't there at the beginning and it had to develop into this. And now we're finally there. It's a different path to what, I think we all think is the same place that Tatum versus Luca versus Giannis. There's they're, they're not the same. They're not the same type of superstar, but they're, they're at that same level now. And it just takes a little bit more focus from Tatum to play at that level. And that that's kind of my point. Tatum has to make decisions to play at that level. Whereas Giannis and Luca are just naturally at that level. And it's just it's just a little bit different. Which, to your point, is not to say that Tatum is unfocused coming into these games. Like that's like Oh, right, it, right. It's just that it's just that it like it requires more. So, you know, it, yeah, like I, I agree with all that. I think and to to extend your analogy, it's like Tatum was it's like Tatum was like a luxury car, right? Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. he had all this all this really good stuff 
that Giannis and Luca might not have, right? Like, like sure, Tatum, yeah. you know, like Tatum has stuff that those guys don't. He's, he is like, he is more polished than Giannis. He is more, um, he is like taller and more physically imposing and a much better defender than Luca. Like he's got these other things that those guys don't have. So, uh-huh. um, it's, I don't know. It's, 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 I mean, it's, it's one of the things that makes this new era of superstars so interesting is like, um, there isn't a LeBron. There isn't this, this one guy where it's like, wow, this guy's just generational and everybody's, everybody's going to be chasing him over the next, you know, 10 years or whatever. Um, it's, it's a lot of really interesting guys who all come from very different, very unique places, mm-hmm. sometimes like literally in the world. Right. Yeah. And, no, right. uh, and you know, but. It's it's part of what's going to make I think the 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 story of the next five to ten years of NBA basketball really fun. Yeah, and so I, I mean I think I think we've hit on the two major storylines out of the the Warriors game that I'm sure I'm kind of glad actually that that game happened on Saturday night because the one thing I didn't want to happen after that was all the debate shows having like, <laughs> too many of these conversations that that were were not substantive, you know. Like, does he show up in the big game? Oh, you know, and to people taking sides like that crap. But, um, yeah, I think, look, the, the Warriors game, it could boil down to simply, I really do think, and I mentioned this yesterday, Jalen Jalen was very candid in his postgame comments where he's like, we, we played like we circled this on the calendar a long time yeah. ago. And and I think I think he's actually telling the truth there. They they came in and played like a team that wanted it so bad, but didn't have the. They still don't have that. I don't know if confidence is the right word. That's probably not the right word, but that thing that makes you walk in and be like, "Yeah, uh, we're a different team now, and I'm uh, we're just here to kick your ass." Versus, I, I think, I think it is the right word. I think, I think it, it is a confidence thing. Yeah, it actually reminds me of like I know you watched uh, the uh, you know Good Place and oh, like yes. Cheedy at the end where he's like going after the cons is like you know what no I'm confident now and he kind of goes at them you're like whoa 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 but that I've seen eight hundred timelines all in an yeah. hour I'm ready to go yeah. he has seen the time knife he saw the time knife yeah um but that's that is kind of like the Celtics need to see the time knife. And I, I don't know it. if last night was the re- part of seeing that, but that's the difference. Going in there with the absolute ability to to smack the Warriors, which the, the Celtics absolutely did before the game and continue to have the ability and the players and the capability to beat the Warriors by 30 at home. They absolutely have that ability. They didn't because they walked in there and were like, just – Instead of instead of like a boxer going in there and like yeah, they they just started to like ah, like like middle schoolers in a fight in the recess like they just lost their composure for for a bit and they could just never quite get it back so yeah they need to see the time knife they need to be like they need to walk in there and be like you know what actually actually you know what Golden State we don't care about you it's now I'll go a different show the Don Draper meme where it's like. I feel sorry for you. It's like, really? I don't think about you at all. Right. Like that's, that's where the Celtics need to be. The, I don't, you know what? We're not circling this on our, our, on our calendar because you are no longer significant to us. You are just another team, Golden State. And 
we're going to come in here and smack you around like we smacked around the last team. Who were they? Oh, yeah, the Phoenix Suns. Like, that's where they need to get to. Right. I, I do have one. Before we go, I have one quick question. Like, like, like one lightning round question. Sure. You remember like two years ago when the Celtics, or maybe even maybe even a little bit more at this point, when I don't the Celtics two weeks ago, so no, no, any, any, this is gonna be a challenge. <laughs> when, when the Celtics used to just throw Jalen Brown at Steph Curry and just be like, "Go beat him up for forty yeah. minutes," just why why don't they do that anymore? I'm like, yeah, I don't understand. You know what? I like all this all this drop coverage and stuff on Steph, or like these like going under screens and stuff, where it's like, well, he's gonna get the threes. Then I don't understand why yeah. they don't just do the. Do the Jalen thing again. Try it. I, think, I don't know. <laughs> I, I honestly, I think the, well, they have Marcus Smart and he's supposed sure. to be that guy. Sure. Um, and I think, I think the under the screen stuff was a lot of good angles from yeah. Looney. I think when, yeah. when you know that they're dropping and you can set the screen at the right angle, you kind of don't have a choice but to drop. And you think like the one, there was one particular play that told me everything where Marcus kind of put his back to Looney and spun off of him. He did that spin thing, yeah. did the spin thing. And that, to him, to to Smart, like, it's great. Like, you can quickly get around because you you see the guy, and instead of, like, stepping back and sliding, you're, like, into his body, and you just boom. But Steph only needs that boom to get his shot off. Right. So that works against all but maybe – I could probably pick like three or four players. Two of them happen to be on the Warriors. I I think they I think the Warriors set good angles. I think the Celtics had no choice but to play Blake Griffin early. They probably should have shouldn't have. Maybe they could have tried Vonley. Even as even though Vonley has kind of fallen out of favor, like that might have been a situation. Like let's just try Vonley up to touch on the screen and see if he can't at least bother Steph with his size. Sure. You yeah. know, like that, that I, I do put a lot of that on, on Missoula. I think this was a Missoula. There are a lot of reasons why they lost. I think Missoula, this might be the most Missoula, uh, the, the highest percentage of Missoula in a loss so far this season, because I think that, that he got away from, I don't know if Vonley would have helped. And I'm sitting here hearing myself advocate for Vonley as an answer to beating the Golden State Warriors, like to Steph Curry. <laughs> really? Oh, John, what's your answer to beating Steph Curry? Well, <laughs> elementary, more Noah Vonley. Like, no, that's two not... things, the time knife and Noah Vonley. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's really when you come out of this, that's going to be the headline on the thing. More time, need the time life, the t- time knife, <laughs> not, not time Lord. Not time, time Lord, guys. Lord. We need the time knife right. and more Noah Vonley. But, yeah. But they do it. They do have some tools on the bench, like like Cornet, not not a great Cornet game, not a great Blake Griffin game. So look down the bench and go, you know, let's see if let's see if we can get Vonley up to the level of the screen, and see if that can't help. And then you chase over the top of that, and see if you can help behind it, and or or maybe Vonley can get back. Maybe you're just creating a different problem, but you're eliminating that one and then hopefully you you can adjust behind that and and it'll be okay but i do think that the going under was great great pick setting as i said yesterday maybe some illegal pick setting but whatever um but the drop coverage that was a problem um and and it just 
And and Blake Blake Griffin played well. He played well in what he was trying to do. It's just that defensively, with him having to be so deep in the drop, that was not that that didn't help anything at all. Yeah. Not, not very lightning now you still didn't. You still didn't answer my question about why not have just Jalen Brown chase him around all game. Oh, but, yeah, no, you right. could. No, you could do that. Yeah. But I think I think really just my answer is that Marcus Smart can do that. Right. And Marcus right. Smart should be able to do that. And if Marcus Smart can't, then you try Brogdon, then you try Derek White, then you go a different way because you still have wings out there. Like I where and look, Jalen should have a crack at it too, but I don't know that I th- I think the team is just made up differently. So you you can have your guards go out there. You should, Marcus Smart should be enough. He should be enough. It's just that schematically with the drop coverage and the angles of the picks that Smart was kind of eliminated from that. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I'm eliminating you from the podcast. It's (laughs) over now. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate you. All right. Appreciate you as always. Fun podcast as always, even though we're talking about, you know, a loss, but hey, look, it's one loss. It really is one loss. It feels like more, and there's a little bit more behind it. You know, it's the Warriors, but it's just one loss, and the Celtics are still the best team in the NBA. So it's fine. It's cool, my babies. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up there and say thank you to everybody who uh, listens. Who, If you're not subscribed, please subscribe now. Uh, if you're still listening to me, after all of that, if you're still here, then I know you want to subscribe. You're not still here unless maybe you and your friends are mocking us at this point. But, hey, I'll take mocking views and listens as well. But I would love it if you subscribe, watch the show on YouTube, ring the bell, make a comment, feed the algorithm, and your regular subscribers, please share the podcast with your friends and family and everybody. They should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day.